You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 3, a podcast dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the future of housing and services for seniors. This podcast is powered by supporting partners One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Learn more at btgvoice.com. Welcome to the Bridge the Gap podcast, a senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas, an exciting show on deck for you today. You are not going to want to miss this conversation. We've got some good friends on and a new friend on as well. We want to welcome Jack York from Never Too Late onto the program. Jack, welcome to the show. All right. Thanks for having us again. And in addition to Jack, we've got the one and only, we've heard so much about this man. We have Francis. He is with CDVTA, and it's a care for elders and women in a community based in Cameroon, Africa. Francis, welcome to the show as well. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. So very, very excited. We're all on Zoom connecting each other from different countries and cultures um, all over the same thing, which is a care for elders and older adults. It's the thing that that we have that's common uh, to our bond right now. So Jack, let's talk about an introduction. How in the world did you and Francis actually get connected and start to build this long, uh, fruitful relationship? Yeah, it's a, it, I mean, I, I can spend two hours talking about this. I will give the absolute abbreviated uh, version. And, and again, thanks for having me on. Uh, Francis and I were both uh, invited to speak at a, a global aging conference in Australia, which is the affiliate of, of Leading AIDS, their international organization. And we were on a panel uh, speaking about innovation. And, you know, I think I Intuel is innovative and I think I'm kind of innovative. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy, larger than life, looking like Eddie Murphy out of Coming to America, full dressed in Cameroonian attire, presenting before me. And he's like Martin Luther King talking about putting his his life on the line to start this organization and and just remarkable things that he's done for the elderly and for, and for women in Cameron. And I'm trying to like, how do you follow that from a, so I think I gave him all of my, my time to speak, but after, I mean, it was very moving to hear him talk and you'll hear him in, in, in a couple minutes, but we never thinking, you know, without any expectation, we just sent the, his organization 500 bucks and uh, just, just to help him, you know, just, just as a, you know, to, to, for the work that he's doing. And, not expecting a thing. And about six weeks later, I get all these video clips and these long links that for the 500 bucks, he set up the Jack York Northwest Cameroonian Elderly Women's Goat Fund. And he had, he had brought goats to nine different villages and it just, it just blew me away. And, and so we started to get to know each other and have some Skype calls. And, and I just had said, Hey, if, uh, if, if that's what you do for 500 bucks, what would you do for 25 grand? I just kind of made up this 25 grand number. And it always been a dream of Francis to build a senior center. And so we, uh, we, we went all over the country. We actually sold goats for 400 bucks that you buy a goat and in, in Cameroon, Francis would uh, get a goat name for you with family members there. We raised the money and uh, they built the senior center I went over there for the grand opening. It was named after my mother. It's the Dorothy York Senior Center in the middle of Cameroon 
I go over there. There's 3,000 Cameroonian villagers chanting my mother's name. And it just, it was the most, you know, I say it with a big smile. It, it was the most spiritual moment uh, in, in my life. And it just, it, it made me feel like part of my person, part of my reason to be on the planet uh, is to help Francis and the, and the work that he does and, and have fun, have fun along the way. We, we brought Francis, we've traveled through at least 30 states, seen dozens of senior living communities, and he just, uh, he just lights everything up. With that, I'm going to get the heck out of this. This is the, the Francis show, but it's incredibly meaningful work that he does, and he is just the, 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 the greatest man I'll ever meet. What a captivating story, Josh. What is that? I mean, hearing that, what does that bring to mind to you? Oh my gosh. Well, it just makes me smile. And, you know, I had the opportunity like you did, Lucas, uh, to um, hear Francis talk just a little bit before the show and also to hear Francis laugh, which just really uh, lighted up my day. And so I can't wait to unpack this story a little bit more and allow Francis uh, an opportunity to tell us more about his work his mission. And, you know, the first thing I was just sitting there just to kind of frame what's going on in my mind, Jack, as we've been talking and Francis, um, is what, how much um, Francis did with $500. And me knowing what our listeners are about to know, what um, that those dollars can do, personally, it convicts me a little bit on how little I do with how much I have. So I hope that's one of the takeaways that our listeners uh, feel challenged about is one, how blessed we are, um, where we are, no matter where we are here in our country. And two, um, we'll talk about ways that our listeners, if they want to get involved with what Francis is doing, how they can help out abroad. Absolutely. So with that being said, Francis, tell us your version of the story. Give us some of your background and what has led to you and your passions behind helping um, our, our elders. Thank you very much. Um, again, my name is Francis and I work for CDVT in Cameroon. Uh, I'm trained in social work and community development. I'm also trained in leadership and advocacy. Um, about 24 years ago, when my father died, my mother was cast to the streets because as custom would demand in the part of the country from where I come, my mother after her husband's death was not allowed to inherit any of her husband's property. As a young man, I wondered how my mother, who had worked so many long years in trying to ensure that she can live a good life at later years, and also that her family members could have a better life, could so easily be cast aside on the death of her husband without any regard for her rights. Now, this gave me a, revolution, a revelation. As I continued to ponder over the difficulty and the injustice that my mother was going through, I then went through visualizing a range of discriminations and marginalization that women and elders were going through in Cameroon in rural communities. This revelation actually gave me inspiration to start an organization that would champion 
the fight against marginalization and discrimination for women and elders in Cameroon. And this was actually putting my life on the line. And so after the establishment of CDVTA, for over 22 years, CDVTA has provided a better life for women and elders in Cameroon, like my mother, in giving them the opportunity to speak out, have their voices heard, and to try to support themselves through economic activities that give them economic independence and gives them the possibility to fight the evil circle of poverty, which has been affecting their lives for such a long time. So I, I've got a question, and I don't want to derail our conversation too much, but Cam, um, Francis, because I don't understand, and I'm sure many of our listeners don't really understand the culture of Cameroon and where you live, you mentioned something, and you you kind of passed over it very lightly, but you said you put your life on the line. Can you kind of help us explain like why it was so risky for you to do what you have done? Uh, yes, before I answer that question, I would like to say that Cameroon is a country in West Africa, in the central part, and our country has over 200 different ethnic groups with different traditions and cultures that their citizens have got to respect. Now, I come from a particular tribe in the Northwest English-speaking part of Cameroon called Kom, K-O-M. The Kom tribe has a very strong tradition that is matrilineal. Matrilineal is in the sense that uh, women in this community are really not given the opportunity to inherit property that belongs to their husband upon their death. At the same time, and many years ago, women in this community did not have a right to own land. They never had the right to oppose anything that the men did. And so in many of Cameroon's communities, rural tradition is there with traditional norms and values put by traditional rulers, respected by notables and by members of the community. So they feel that when a woman is married into a man, she is almost like a piece of property the man has bought because there is bright price that is paid by the man to the woman's family. And so men in those days felt that they could do with women as they please. However, growing up in such a community where women were disregarded, women were marginalized upon and subjugated to all kinds of human rights abuses meant exactly that for trying to protect the rights of women, men going against the traditions and norms of the community particularly. And because this tradition is put in place by traditional rulers who are respected by many people in the society and they are recognized by the local customary law, it meant that if you went against the rule of the traditional rule, like I did for trying to speak up in protection and the promotion of the rights of women, it means that I can either be cursed by the traditional rulers, by the notables, by the elites of the community, or something bad can happen to me. And that is why when I engage myself to fight against the rights, to fight for the promotion of, the, of women's rights, it meant that I was the first person to ever attempt to try to ask women to speak up, to fight against these injustices that have been put against them by society. And so I received a lot of life threats. People told me I was never going to live to see this dream realized. 
Many times when I started this project and this campaign, I had to leave out of the village completely. I remember many times, one, uh, one time somebody came to my visit in a nearby town of Bamenda and asked me to stop going against the rules that have been put together in tradition by the, rule, by the traditional rulers. And that if I continue to do this, I will die an untimely death. Gentlemen, I'd like to tell you today that 22 years after I started this campaign, there has been complete transformation of the protection of the rights of women in these communities. Today, women have the authority to own land. Women speak up. They are able to succeed their husband's property. 22 years after, I have not died. I'm now more respected. The doctrine has gone through the whole country. We did not only fight to stop this at the, uh, at the commercial level, at the community level. We fought hard to ensure that the government at national level could come to the support of elderly women and men and ensure that widows have their rights given back to them and that they can speak up and be listened. We brought men and women to the national capital to speak to the prime minister. We brought men and women to the national capital from their villages to speak to ministers. And we brought them to speak to policymakers. They spoke up. We also organized when Jack came to Cameroon for the launching of the Dorothy Senior Center. The government was so, respond, was, was so positive about his coming that Jack had to be given a standing ovation by the government and by the communities. There were over 3,000 people, including men and women, who came out to say, thank you for this long campaign that you have supported in Cameroon. Now we have our first senior center, which means that the government is now with us. I want to say that today, with the long struggle for CDVT in support of the rights of women and men and elders in Cameroon, we now have in Cameroon a national policy that was finally for the protection and the promotion of the rights of women and elders. You know, obviously the stuff Francis is talking about is, is big and global and transformational, but on, on just at the ground level, what he's doing, and I, you know, you, you can't, you cannot really get it until you go over there. I know Josh, you've done a lot of stuff yourself too, that you, when you immerse yourself into the other culture, you get it. But what he's doing at a ground level is he's teaching women to be beekeepers. He's teaching them to be farmers. He's teaching them. It's not a, you know, here's money or, or here's this. Or here's that. It's, it, it, they're, they're being taught to be able to make their own decisions and support themselves and not be dependent on either the, the, the man or the government. And so it really, uh, I, it just so resonates the, the self-worth that you would see these, these people have. And when, 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 you know, when these people were there chanting, <laughs> chanting, when I was over there, they're, they're really, they're more chanting Francis and CDBTA and just the fact that they're, you know, that they're, they're given their lives and, and this is the same with the elderly. So anyway, I just, it, it's easy for Francis to get into these massive issues, but when you go there, you really see it on a, at a, at a just at a, at a gut working level. Maybe just to add to what Jack has said, I like to say that when I started, when we started the campaign for the promotion of women's rights and rights of elders in Cameroon, women were not allowed to do beekeeping. Beekeeping was an activity only for men. Women did not wear goods, they didn't raise goods. Goods were only raised by men because these were high income activities. 
Today, our women are leaders in beekeeping within these communities. Our women raise goods. Most of the goods that came through Jack's donation of the first Jackie goat that came through, the 500 uh, uh, meticulous, 500 God-directed dollars, many women are the ones keeping and leading the goods. So I just want to say there has really been a lot of transformation, like Jack said, supporting women to be income earners and supporters of society. What an amazing work. What an amazing story. Um, so tell us a little bit, Jack, you've had the opportunity to go over there um, from your perspective um, outside of the country going in and seeing, I believe you referred to it as a, as a, uh, what we would call a senior uh, care uh, type community. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I think that, and, and I know time runs fast on these podcasts. I think it, it's great to get Francis's perspective on senior living over here. There, there really isn't the senior living the way we would think about, it, but what the, 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 you know, leaving senior living aside for a second, I think what what I took away from my whole experience over there was was first of all the people they, they don't what we would just so take for granted. You know, you turn a faucet and water shows up. You you you, you go on a road and you can drive. I mean, <laughs> not, you know, they, they, there's none of there's none of the, you know there, there's. They're just it's such really it's, it's it's poor infrastructure, it's poor health care, all this kind of stuff. But the joy, the, the, the joy in these people, it is a thousand times yes. more joyful yes. and grateful than 90 yes. percent of the people in yes. the U.S. And, and I, it, it's, it's fascinating to yes. me. And, and, you know, you try not to get stuff political and everything is so hypercharged, but. Gratefulness seems to be disappearing from our country, and you you give you give a goat to a village, and, and you're treated like a king, you know, and, and completely sincerely. So I think what I really took away from the trip was really that was that these you, you go over there with kind of a paternalistic, gee, we are doing so well, let us help you out, and you go walk away going, you know what, we have. We may have all this, but we don't have this joy. You know, how do you get this joy of day-to-day living? It's just in their DNA. And so that I think that that's kind of my biggest perspective of the trip. Well, and so Francis, um, tell us a little bit, you know, Jack shared with us uh, about his perspective. You have spent some road trip time, and I understand some miles here with Jack, and it's never too late on a road trip on more than one occasion, and been and seen our our country and our communities. Um, what is your perspective on your time spent in the United States? Yes, thank you very much. I would like to say, like just Jack just said that in many of the villages where we work in Cameroon, people like what a lot of people in the United States uh, take for granted. I have visited with Jack, thanks to the support of IN2L, I've visited over 30 states and over 70 senior living communities across the United States. And what I can say is that you are exceptionally lucky for the way you care for your seniors in the United States. You have excellent road infrastructure, you have clean regular supply of water, you have regular supply of electricity, there is world-class treatment of care for your elders, particularly those who have problems of dementia are treated with a lot of exceptional care. Uh, this is 
There are good hospitals, there are good doctors, there are good nurses. I've seen all of this, and this is amazing. Let me compare it to the situation in Cameroon. When you compare this advanced care system in the United States with what we have in Cameroon, it is like comparing day and night. There is completely absence, lack of poor drinking water, lack of water in most communities. There is no electricity. We don't have good doctors in the rural areas. The roads are honestly dead traps, like Jack will tell you. And people just struggle to live their lives at a time. But what stands out tall with our elders and women in Africa is that the level of their happiness, love and compassion and commitment for the groups of their communities is immeasurable. They, they, although they live in poverty, they are so happy and so grateful to be able to look for ways to collaborate with partners and volunteers to build communities which they truly call home all the time. And so I would like to say that another part that we can learn from the United States is that when I went through the United States, I saw America's greatness in welcoming, in being nice, and embracing me always. They supported our activities. They allowed me to interact with their seniors and bless some of them. More importantly, they were not afraid to share our, our challenges and to explain their own challenges to us. And so um, one thing stands out clear, both for United States and for Africa, love is the greatest thing that we all share as a people. And so I will feel so happy that I've been able to learn from this. In the terms of dementia, we're using the lessons from the United States to educate our elders in the community that dementia is not a curse. Dementia is just a condition that comes to someone as he ages. And so this is blessing us because formally you would like to know when somebody developed dementia in the communities, many people saw this person as a witch or as a wizard. And some of them were really discriminated upon and sent out of the community. Today, our people, thanks to my experience from the United States, are beginning to embrace people who are faced with challenges of dementia within the communities. And that is how I see the similarities and the differences and how we learn from one another. Wow, that's powerful. Well, so uh, going off of that great story and that great dialogue, you guys are planning a big event here very, very soon. Jack, tell us about this telethon that's taking place. Yeah, the, uh, the, for the last four years, Francis and I have had a road trip, and so we, we can't do a road trip this year for a variety of reasons. But uh, Melissa, Melissa Banco, who both you guys know from Banco Design, she had the, a similar experience uh, that I did, and that was that uh, when, when we made the rounds last year, we went to Atlanta and, and met Melissa and her team, they made a relatively small donation to Francis. And from that donation came this really cool, relatively small, but it was an incredibly impactful, meaningful water project. And again, it's just the same reaction that I had with the, with the, the GOAT fund is that, if, man, if that's what he does for that, what would he do for something more? And so we, uh, Melissa and I got together and, and got creative. And it's really her idea to do this. But some of you, this may age me, but... Uh, you, you know, you, you youngsters over there might not know it, but we're trying to do a little bit of a recreation of the old Jerry Lewis uh, muscular dystrophy telethons where we're going to be in Atlanta at Melissa's, uh, Melissa Banco's office 
Uh, we're going to have live goats. We got live goats to kick things off. We're doing some goat yoga, but we are going to be, our goal is to raise $50,000 to both help fund Francis organizationally and finish a larger water project that Front Porch, the senior living organization at California, Front Porch has been a huge supporter of Francis, again, because they know what he does with the money that it goes to where it's going. So on uh, Thursday, October 22nd, uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern time, uh, we'll, uh, we're, we're kicking the, the telethon off. We, we have, um, uh, we have seen some uh, senior living talent. People have sent in some music. It, again, it's going to be just a whole kind of a, a, a variety show with uh, me wearing a red sequin jacket, trying to look like Jerry Lewis as we, uh, as we honor the work of Francis and, uh, and CDBTN. So really, it, it kind of mirrors what we've done. And that is do a really good thing for a really good man, for a really good organization, but have a hell of a good time while you're doing it. And that's what this telethon is, is all about and really appreciate the chance to, to talk about it a little bit. Oh man, Lucas. Uh, and, and Lucas, I don't think is, do we have your submission yet? Your musical submission, you guys, you guys get a couple, you know, you, you, you know, we have a time slot laid out for Luke, you know, you got all, you got, you know, it's easy to have guitars on the back of your wall. What, what, what does that mean? Let, let's uh, let's see let's see some real. Let's see some real Lucas. Gauntlet thrown down. You guys are trying to raise money, so you don't want me doing that. But what a great uh, event that's taking place. Uh, you know, Josh, we definitely want to be a part of it in however capacity that we can be. Well, Bridge the Gap is definitely going to be a part of it. Um, we can't uh, wait to uh, honestly, Jack, uh, for anyone that knows you very well in the industry knows that anytime the red sequence jacket comes out, it's an important event that people don't want to miss. Um, I have many visions running through my head right now of that red jacket. So I can't wait to be part of it. October 22nd, our great friends at Banco Design, it's never too late, um, supporting a great man and Francis, a great organization, a great work, uh, and we're happy to just be a small part of being able to share this story on our platform. Lucas, I know we're going to tell our listeners more about and connect them to this event and how to, how to get connected. Yeah, so all of our listeners right now that have been captivated by this story, we're going to put everything into the show notes. You can also go to btgvoice.com and gather all this information and register to be a part and participate in this event um, to, that, that Jack is putting on um, for Francis's organization. We just want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts, Francis. You're a warrior for justice. You're a warrior for those in need, and you're a warrior uh, for the truth. And um, we thank you for your testimony. We thank you for standing up for the truth. And you've obviously been honored and blessed for doing so. You're brave and courageous. Thank you so much. Thank you very much indeed. I want to thank your team and to thank Jack and I into the Banco group for supporting our activities and for actually encouraging and standing with women and elders in Cameroon. Thank you very much indeed. It's our honor and our pleasure to have you on today. Jack, thank you for the introduction. Uh, any final comments or, or words on the uh, event? No, no, I just think, I mean, come to the event. It's going to be fun to watch. So, I mean, but I do, I want to, you know, commend you guys too, because, you know, you, 
like IN2L, you know, there, there's, we're, we're running businesses where, you know, we, we're, we, we have to bring in more money at the beginning of the month and the end of the month, but you guys are supporting causes left and right. You've been doing it through your whole career. And I think that, uh, you know, I get my shout out is to anybody that do, do things outside of your own bubble and, and the rewards you get are a thousand times over whatever you put in financially or time-wise and, and, Bridge the Gap speaks to that. I know, Josh, you personally speak to that as well. Thanks, Jack. Thank you, Francis. Yes. Thank you. Hey, Francis, do the do our thing. Do, do the, the tradition. Close with a Cameroonian tradition. Come on. You know. Okay, thank you very much. Ooh. Come on, you guys. Get it. Get it. You got it. Thank you very much indeed. And God bless the United States of America and all their dynamic people. What a great conversation. Uh, Once again, check out our show notes for all the links. Go to btgvoice.com and connect and get involved and engage with us. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another awesome episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridge the Gap, the senior living podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so visit btgvoice.com for all things about the podcast. Powered by supporting partners, One Day, Propel Insurance, Inquire, LTC REIT, The Bridge Group Construction, and Salinity. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was fun. Uh, <laughs> road trip, road trip, Cameroon road trip, baby. Yeah, I want to see Sarah in Cameroon. I would love to be there. We look forward to welcoming you all. Yeah, and it was like my one of my tangible memories is Francis had me at like you know it was one of the better hotels there for a couple days, <laughs> and and I I had been on the road for three days. I'm finally got a shampoo go, and I got all the shampoo all over my. I was finally getting clean, and all the water cuts off. All the water cuts off. So I had drinking water that I'm pouring over my head in the shower, trying to. Unleash it, and it's like it is, it's a different it's a different world. Wait a, wait a, wait a minute, Jack. You know, uh, I'm, they would like to get this experience. Each time I come to the United States with Rosie, and we get into a hotel, and the shower is so strong, the water flow is so regular, it is so warm and so nice that sometimes we stay under the shower for one hour just standing and wondering how life could be so different <laughs> another one is entering the car and driving on american routes the routes look so neat the cars are so smooth that sometimes i just start sleeping <laughs> yeah, hey, it ain't it ain't sometimes francis it's every time and it's within like 20 seconds so that's you know